0: Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
0: Exurgat Deus, de edimici eius, et Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Today I'm going to cover the manifesto. It's the manifesto. It's the central theme to everything that's going on in the church, in the state, and around the world. And we know who it comes from. And I'd like to give a hat tip to Father David Nix, to Anthony Stein, Dr. Anthony Stein at Return to Tradition, and to the government, which has been acting such a fool this week as to make it so very, very plainly obvious. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine patris et filii et Spiritus sancti. Amen. Mm-hmm. Sancta Michael l'arcangele defende nosum proelio, contra nequitiam et insidias di ablios o praesidium. Imperetilideus supplicus de precamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo, divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor jesu sacratissimum miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus carolus edomo Austria ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facit tuum et salviat nos. Ave Maria purissima, Immaculata conceptu est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> it takes a couple of days for me to put together the information that uh Ends up coming out in each one of these episodes, um, and the fact that I try to produce these episodes daily <clears throat> means that the information I'm always collating more information as it comes in day by day. the <clears throat> The hat tip that I'm giving to Father David Nix is of his recent uh, theology and current events episode on John Lennon. John Lennon, it's widely assumed, um, and probably rightly so, that he had sold his soul to Satan, and it's possible that the Beatles actually all took the same pact. Um, Now, I'm going to take a moment to digress. If you've ever listened to Beatles music, and if you happen to be a a fan of the Beatles, I'm going to ask you this. Why? Why? The Beatles were one of many groups that were basically putting out the same kind of music. It's not particularly exceptional music. They weren't exactly exceptional performers. They're just guys. I mean, the fact that they broke out from among a whole bunch of British rock bands that were basically putting out a lot of the same stuff with very average music. It wasn't uplifting. It was a little bit catchy. But when you think about it, most of their most famous music, the subtext was sacrilegious. Specifically against God specifically against Christ, specifically against Christianity, and probably most importantly, specifically against Catholicism. Now, maybe it's hard to notice because the Beatles actually really struck it big right around the same time that the whole world was in a spiritual upheaval. We're in the aftermath of the Second World War. We're, you know, somewhat following, you know, the the Korean War, right in the midst of the War of Vietnam. A lot of turmoil going on. A lot of identity crises. And a lot of people wondering, why why are we suffering? Why are we putting up with all of this stuff that seems to make no sense? Now, as a Catholic, you should immediately recognize, when you start questioning why you're suffering, why do bad things happen, this is always a question put forth to God. We know this from, most famously, the book of Job. But we also know this from the New Testament, where the apostles, led by the teachings of our Lord, demonstrate to us that you can suffer either with purpose or without purpose. You can suffer by allowing that suffering to make you a better person Or you could whine and complain about it and let it make you a worse person. You could try to flee from it and become a worse person. And the Beatles embodied the, why are we bothering? Why are we bothering to let ourselves suffer? We don't have to suffer this way. We can flee from our suffering and do what we want to do. And there's not... A manifesto more clear than the song Imagine. And you might remember a couple of years, what about a year ago, when a whole bunch of Hollywood stars decided that they were going to record the song Imagine in their own voice, and they were lambasted for it rather tremendously. Rightly so because everybody knew exactly what it was that they were imagining, because it's in the words of the song. So I'm gonna go through portions of the song. I'm not going to recite the whole song, but you're gonna get a chance to see the themes of the church and the state. And so we're going to start with the church. First verse. Imagine there's no heaven. No hell below us. Above us only sky. That is the core of the theme of the Nouveau Theologie. The idea that all men will be saved. The idea that God is not sitting on his throne because there is no throne. And so that what we do on this earth doesn't have eternal consequences. It is an ultimate, it opens, this song opens with an open rejection of God and Christ. Christ who we know is the word made flesh. Christ who we know who is the second person of the Trinity. The son of the living God. Imagine there, there's no heaven. Well, if there's no heaven, then there is no God. So that first, that first verse is to get us out from the yoke, out from under the yoke of our creator. So when you look at Pope Francis doing his stuff with the patch of heifer, and you look at the bishops all rejecting tradition, you look at Everybody going after, moving, going after God, moving the tabernacle from the high altar, getting rid of the high altar altogether, replacing it with the dinner table, putting the tabernacle off in a corner somewhere in the church, assuming they've even got it in there in the first place. I mean, it's sort of obligatory, but you know, for how long? If there's no heaven, there's no sin. Because there's no law. There's no, there's no commandments. There's nothing coming from God. And there's nothing saying that we should live in the way that we should live. There's no... If there's no heaven, there's no God. If there's no God, there's no Ten Commandments. If there's no Ten Commandments, then in truth, there really is no morality. And that's why they're going at... And that's why they're talking about possibly changing the church's teachings on co- contraception. Because the church, the Vatican, those worms who wear cassocks, they're not interested in enforcing rules. They're not interested in in enforcing rules, and they're failing to understand that by taking up the cassock and receiving holy orders, and then turning around and promoting the idea that there is no heaven, that all men are saved, they're betraying the oath, the that, that the vows that they made, and they're praying that there is no heaven, because if there is no heaven, there's no judge, no one to judge them for abandoning the faith, as they as they go off to live whatever type of life and lifestyle that they're trying to live. And it's at the core of the theology of Archbishop Wilton Gregory and Cardinal Blaise Cupich and the German Bishops' Conference and the USCCB. It's at the core. It's at the core of the theology of the bishops around the world. And as a result, it's at the core of the theology of many of the priests that they form. The idea that all men are saved, that there really is no such thing as sin, that that these things that we say are sin, well, yeah, you know, they're kind of, you know, bad in in their sort of weird way, but they're not objectively bad, and so we can sort of negotiate our way around them. And that's on the church's side. For the state, imagine there's no heaven. if there's no heaven, there's no afterlife, if there's no afterlife, then everything that we have on this earth is what we have, and that's it. And that's why they're so anchored in climate change, in global warming, in whatever stupid environmentalist talking point, codex, whatever you want to call it, it's why they're so heavily invested. Because if there's no heaven, then all we have is here, and we have to do everything that we can. And, whatever, and mind you, whatever it is that we choose to do is justified. So if we choose to dictate to farmers who are themselves the consummate professionals in their craft <clears throat> that they can no longer use specific types of fertilizer, that they can no longer use their fields, to provide food for the world, and that they can no longer use their, their livestock. It's all for saving the earth. In fact, the very idea of farming becomes anathema, because the world must be allowed to grow wild the way it's supposed to, the way it evolved, because it evolved rather than was created, because there is no heaven, there is no creator. So we must let things continue to pass as naturally as they continue to pass. Failing entirely to understand that that path leads to destruction. Because the fact is, is there is a heaven. But the Davos people, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, the United States government, particularly the establishment state, the Vatican, and all of those traitors and miters. This is at the fir- This is the first bullet of the core of their philosophy. And the core of this philosophy, assuming it's true, and I see no reason to doubt, the core of this philosophy comes straight from the devil himself. Because I really don't see how such a mediocre band became so popular. Imagine all the people living for today. Because if there's no heaven, there's no future. So what happens today is for today. We live for the moment. And it doesn't matter. Because, as scripture quotes, let us eat or drink and drink for tomorrow we die. Let us enjoy today, because we're not going to get it again, and it doesn't matter, because there is no final accountability. Imagine there's no countries, nothing to kill or die for, and no religion, too. Imagine there's no countries. This is at the core of George Soros' Open Societies Foundation. This is at the core of the enmity that you'll notice from certain people that they don't don't want to follow their own nation, but they're more interested in quote unquote international law, the law that doesn't have any borders. However, if there are no countries, then there is no patriotism. If there's no patriotism, then there is no pietas. They already went after God. Well, there's three things that make up pietas, God, family, and country. No God, no country, no pietas. If there are no countries, then one civilization is just as good as the next. And so the Pachamama down in Bolivia, who gets blood offerings pretty much all the time, she's just as good as going to mass She's just as good as going to your local non denominational gospel of uh, what's, what's prosperity gospel church. There's no difference between them. And to see a difference between them is racist, it's some sort of phobia, xenophobic, whatever. If there are no countries, then Venezuela and the United States and England and Russia and China and India and Australia and Saudi Arabia, they're all equal. There's no difference between them. There's no reason to fight for China. There's no reason to fight for Russia. There's no reason to fight for the United States. There's no reason to fight for Chile or Argentina. There's no reason to join the army. There's no reason to defend your people, because if there are no countries, you don't have a people. We're all in this together. And that was the methodology of the World Economic Forum, Event 201, the Centers for Disease Control, the National Health Services, and the Vatican. That was the whole mantra of the COVID experience. We're all in this together. Except, that's not what happened, is it? Because in order to be all in this together, we had to stay away from each other. We were all atomized. We were all separated from our friends, from our family, from our coworkers, from our business, from our day-to-day life. We were separated from everything. And reality imposing itself took the form of an increase in drug and alcohol addiction, an increase in mental health disorders, an increase in suicide. And it wasn't that it was a mental health disorder. It was the entire world going against the nature of the way they were created. All of the peoples of the world forced into going against the very nature that God gave them. The nature of family, because if there's no countries and there's nothing to kill or die for, then there is no family either. And no religion too means, and mind you, in this particular sense, religion, we always use the word religion as if it means, you know, Christianity or Islam or Buddhism or Shintoism or Hinduism or Pacha heifer worship, but that's not true. religion is duty religion is the practice and exercise of your duties before god if there are no if there is no religion then there is no moral obligation to refer to anything that is not the one true faith as a religion as well it's another religion it's another form of religion no it is not there are duties to the creator or there are not. And in that first stanza, imagine there is no heaven means that there is no creator and therefore there are no duties to the creator. And so whatever it is that you choose to do is just as good as anything else. With no religion means that pachahefer worship, sacrificing people by burying them alive, as is what happened in This week in Bolivia is just as good as praying Our Lady's Rosary, is just as good as sacrificing your baby on an altar. Imagine no possessions, no need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man, a human fraternity. No possessions. Imagine no possessions anywhere. Your children are not your children. Your home is not your is not yours. Your car isn't yours. It's a car, not your car. No possessions means you cannot covet, because it would if you don't have belongings. If you don't have possessions, then it's not possible for someone to covet those belongings. It's not possible for someone to covet your wife because your wife is not yours. It's not possible to be stealing and kidnapping because they don't belong because your children don't actually belong to you. Your stuff doesn't belong to you. Not even your clothing. You have no right to it. No possessions means no right. No right means no dignity. No dignity means we're not created. In fact, we're just animals that evolved. And you can see where this is going. Because imagine no possessions. In 2016 was the perfectly wonderful, happy, upbeat music-declared creed of the World Economic Forum. By 2030, you will own nothing, and you will be happy. In the human fraternity, there are no possessions. No husbands, no wives, no property. It is the devil's way of abrogating the Ten Commandments, particularly, particularly the ones regarding theft, rape, and envy. <clears throat> there is an extension to "Imagine no possessions," because "Imagine you've no if, with no possessions" means that your parents are really not yours either. Which goes back to the no, uh, and no religion too, no obligations to them. Imagine no possessions is the low key, subtle assault against the family. It's the low key. It's the, it's the assault against prosperity. Because you can talk about imagine there's no possessions, but ultimately somebody is going to be in control of all of the material goods in the United States and around the world ultimately somebody is going to be in control of the people. Because if there are no possessions, then you cannot recognize when you've become a slave. Which, in truth, most of us cannot recognize that we've been enslaved for many, 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 many generations. Most especially in the United States. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. Imagine sharing your wife. Imagine sharing your girlfriend. Imagine sharing your husband or boyfriend. Imagine sharing your children. Imagine sharing your car, your house, your closet, your clothing. Imagine what sharing your food would really look like under those circumstances. This song goes against everything that even the heretic Christians believe. This song goes against everything the church has ever taught, everything that God has ever handed down. This song goes against everything that is woven into the fabric of creation by the benefit of its creation. And this song is the manifesto. It's the manifesto of the World Economic Forum. It's the manifesto of the traders and miters. It's the manifesto of the federal government of the United States, of Canada. Canada, who recently proved that your money is not yours because they can just lock it up. They can freeze it. Oh, you're going to hold barbecues and picnics in the middle of winter in Canada, in Ottawa, as a form of protest? You're going to feed the poor and manage to and manage to choke up the cities, not even all that badly, and honk your horns where... Well, that thing that you thought was your money is not. That thing that you thought was your privacy is not. Those things that you thought were your rights are not. But that's just Canada. They went a step further when they raided the orange man's home in Mar-a-Lago. When the feds went into Mar-a-Lago, they went in there with a search warrant, and the search warrant said, all documents from January 20th, 2017, to present. They went into the former president's home, and they took everything All of the documents from the presidency of the United States for Donald Trump's term as president of the United States, they took everything. They took everything they could get their hands on. They took golf balls and napkins with with autographs. They took everything. Dear family. You could say it's a fishing expedition. It probably is. But I have never heard of a warrant being issued for a scope that broad. The documents and records of a president during their presidency, belong to the president. This was true for Barack Obama. This was true for George W. Bush. This was true for Bill Clinton. It will be true again for Joseph Robinette Biden. It was. It has always been true that the documents of a, of a United States presidency belong to the president of the United States during that time. The Federal Bureau of Investigation went in and they took everything that belongs to Donald J. Trump regarding his presidency as the 45th president of the United States. And that is patently illegal. So maybe they're fishing for stuff to make an indictment maybe maybe they're looking to try and find a way to make sure that he doesn't blow up the national security state assuming he's assuming he's re-elected maybe maybe all of those things are true maybe individually some things are true more true than others but the fact is is that warrant should have never been signed it should have never been issued and the agent in this case merritt garland who approved it should be fired because if those documents do not belong to the president then neither does the job of attorney general belong to Merritt Garland if you imagine that there's no religion then there's no rules if you imagine that there's no heaven then there are no laws no divine or natural laws if you imagine there are no countries, then there is nothing to fight for, ostensibly, which means you can fight for whatever it is that you want. <clears throat> it means you don't own anything. You don't have to wait until 2030. The fact is, is you don't own anything now, according to these people. According to these people, you have no right to your car. You have no right to your job. You have no right to your family. You have no right to your home. You have no right to your faith. You have no rights. You have no right to speech. If you run down this list of all of these imagines, you have nothing. No rights, no duties, no obligation, no possessions. Nothing. If this is permitted to become the mantra of the world, if this is permitted to infiltrate the church, if this is more than it already is. If this is permitted, if this is allowed, if this is if this continues to be allowed, ultimately you're going to have a choice to make. Because these ideas did not come from God. We know the ideas that came from God. They were handed down in sacred scripture. They've been handed down by the apostles and their successors. They've been handed down. We know what God has to say on the subject. So we can continue to let this come to pass. Or we can stop it. You have a choice. You, individually, as the head of your household. You, individually, as a spouse, as a wife or a husband. You, individually, as a father or a mother. You, individually, as a son or a daughter. You have a choice. You let this carry on, or you fight. That fight may take on many different forms. Remember, whatever it is that you choose to suffer... Whatever it is that you are suffering, enduring, persevering through, attempting to overcome. That was chosen for you because of your nature as created by God. So you can choose to flee from all the pain and all the suffering, thereby inflicting pain and suffering, and thereby still, and and here's the thing, here's the real rub. You can choose to flee the pain and the suffering, which will cause more suffering for others, but it does not stop your suffering because you add one, because you refuse to follow your nature, you refuse to persevere. Perseverance and fortitude are things granted by God, and if you abandon those, then you're abandoning something that he wove into your very nature. On a natural level, he wove these things into your nature, and that will come after you as well.
2: Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
0: The Pope has said what he wants to do with the church. Francis Jorge Mario Bergoglio, that traitor in a white cassock, has said where he wants this to go. He hasn't said it outright. Well, I mean, he mentioned the Brotherhood of Man, the human fraternity. He's dropped hints about it in Amoris Laetitia. He's dropped hints about it in Carida Amazonia. He's dropped hints about it. And if you weave all of those hints together, what you get is you get the song, Imagine! A song inspired and written by the devil himself through the fingers of John Lennon. If you weave together everything that Francis has taught, you get the song Imagine. If you weave together everything coming out of the World Economic Forum, you get the song Imagine. If you follow these deep state psychopaths in the, in the national security state and in the federal government across and in the federal government across the country including judges, congressmen, senators, governors, mayors, policemen. You get the song, Imagine. In the same way that there is only one true faith and one author and finisher of the faith, there is only one author for this song, for this mantra, for this creed. that flew from the pen of John Lennon. Instead of imagine there's no war, nothing to kill or die for, nothing, instead of imagining all of those things, imagine there's only victory. And when you imagine there's only victory, then you imagine that there is a heaven. You imagine that there is religion. You imagine that there are countries. You imagine that there are possessions. You imagine that there is only a crown of victory waiting for you should you endure through to the end. Imagine you're actually a priest, a prophet, and a king. Imagine you're the child of the one true God. Imagine that your soul's salvation was bought and paid for by the sacrifice coming from that one true God. Imagine what you would do then. Because I can guarantee you That it would be the exact opposite of what these people are calling for. It would be the exact opposite of this abomination that is flooding the world. You want to imagine there's no heaven? Then you can imagine that there's no gender. You want to imagine that there's no heaven? Then you can imagine that there's no right or wrong. You want to imagine that there's no heaven? There's a word for that. Hell. Because at that point, if there's no heaven, hell isn't below us. It's with us. And history has proven that to be true time and time again. Francis, according to the letter of the law, as understood by the people, the people around him, the people who elected him, is the Pope. But that is likely not true. Because everybody understood that Benedict resigned the papacy, which I don't believe is true. Catholics are experts at legalism and you would expect the former prefect for the congregation of the doctrine. Let me, you know what? Everybody says the former prefect for the congregation for the doctrine of the faith. The former prefect of the Holy Inquisition would know better. You know how I know he knows better? Because when Francis appoints cardinals, who does he bring them to? He brings them to Benedict XVI. And it's Benedict XVI who gives his apostolic blessing. We've seen this in the past, you can look it up, it's findable, it's easy. There's one pope, and then there's a dude in a white cassock. Now, I don't know how this whole thing is going to transpire because everybody's following this guy who everybody thinks is pope, who doesn't even refer to himself as pope. He doesn't sign his documents with the initials P, P, like John the like John Paul II or or Paul the Sixth or John the Twenty Third. I mean, take that all the way back, actually. He doesn't sign his documents like that. He simply signs them. Francis. But the seat is not vacant. Either. We wish it were. It would be easier if the seat were vacant. But it's not. And Benedict isn't going to save anything. He fled. Because he wasn't going to be able to handle it. He knew he wasn't going to be able to handle it. He said, pray that when the wolves come, I don't flee. Well, the wolves came and he fled. Nobody understood what what he meant, so nobody actually really took time out to pray for him. Nobody actually took time out to bolster his resolve. We are living in a time where we are entering into a darkness... That is belied by the fact that the sun still shines bright. They talk about climate change, both in and out of the church. They talk about climate change. The only climate that needs to change is the climate of degeneracy, blasphemy, and apostasy. That's the climate that needs to change. That's going to be a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. Not that, well, I mean, it's a hard pill for those people who were lost in their degeneracy. It's a harder pill for those who are lost in blasphemy and apostasy. All these people imagining. We have a choice we do in fact have a choice. The problem is how many of us, how many of us are gonna make no choice? How many of us are gonna to choose to do nothing? Christ is the king, whether they want him on the throne or not. And in truth, I think it's about time we started acting like our confirmation was an induction into the warrior class of faithful. Because, dear family, here's here's the secret. It has been taught by many popes, many, many popes, that baptism makes you a child of God, and confirmation makes you a soldier of God. How many of us have have abandoned not our vocation, our choosing to become soldiers of God. It's going to look different for different people, to be sure. A 13-year-old confirmant is going to have a different outlook, a different approach than, say, a 40-year-old ex-soldier. Who's going to have a different outlook from the 35-year-old financier? And a different outlook from the 30-year-old philosopher? These things are true. It's going to be a different outlook. The war is going to look very different for each and every one of them. But to those who followed their vocations actual vocations to become consecrated religious to become priests the war should look very different for you and I'll use the Institute of Christ the King as an example in Chicago Blaise Supich, suppressed you, you should tell him no. You break open those doors and you celebrate Holy Mass, the Mass of the ages. You force him to arrest you, to have you arrested, and the Chicago PD will have you arrested. But the imagery of priests being arrested for celebrating Holy Mass He's not going to like the outcome of that one. And so you should just say no. We will not stop. We will not surrender. For those Ecclesia day communities who find themselves being suppressed by bishops in their area, you look them dead in the eye and you tell them no. For those diocesan priests who are quote-unquote under obedience to their bishop you are not under your obe- you are not under obedience to Bishop to sin to promulgate sin and to imagine that there's no heaven there is no obligation of obedience to imagine that there is no heaven and so you tell them no they lock the doors of your parish you break them open and you celebrate holy Mass they tell you not to re- not not to hear confession you go hear confession they tell you not to To provide the sacraments, you tell them to go pound sand. The sacraments are available so long as you're a priest of the Most High God. The bishop who is telling you out of supposed prudence to shut down your church is the bishop who is trying to imagine that there is no heaven. He's praying that there's no heaven. He's praying that there's no one who's going to hold them to account. For failing to feed the flock of our Lord. Oh, I'm under obedience. I could lose everything. Lose it. Lose it. If you don't choose to lose it now, you will lose everything for all eternity later. That (laughs) You cannot afford to imagine that there is no heaven. You cannot afford to imagine that there is no hell. You will bring hell to pass if you do not disobey everything that leads the people away from the cross of Christ. You think losing your insurance policy is bad? You think losing your paycheck is bad? fathers you ain't seen nothing they have you arrested you fill the prisons with priests and you convert the prisoners you prove our Lord's word When he says that if the people do not shout the praises of God, verily I say to you, these stones will shout the praises of God. You let the bishops imagine there is no heaven, and there will be no heaven for your flock. Or you. Because it doesn't matter how personal your holiness is. How personally holy. It doesn't matter. If you fail your obligations to Almighty God, you don't think he's going to hold you to account for that? You save one sheep, and it goes miles towards covering, but covers a multitude of sins, as I understand it. What about every one that you lose? What about every soul that you lose because you let your bishop imagine there's no heaven? You're not going to be able to call him to task. You should actually, in truth, you could call him to task. Of course, the other priests around you will probably be like, I can't believe you did that. You lose your status. Can't laicize you. Even if an apostate were to try to laicize you, you would still be a priest. If Bishop Nicholas of Myra, Saint Nicholas of Myra, could could have his stole and his copy of the gospel removed while he was imprisoned after punching Arius right in the grill, And our Lord restored his stole and his gospels to him. As I understand it, I think it was a nicer set. How much more? How much more for you for holding to the faith? How much more for you for holding, for carrying the banner of our Lord's cross? Now, for the rest of you out there in the world who are not dealing with the fight in the church, there is, in in fact, the fight in the world. Those who are trying to imagine that there are no countries, those who are trying to imagine that there are no possessions, those who are trying to imagine that it is only today, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Those morons. We have to fight them as well. And we get to use different weapons. In fact, in some cases, you will get to actually use weapons. But you better be ready for it. Because it's coming quickly. They've already... They've already thrown the stone out into the lake. And the ripples are coming. They've already tipped the domino. It's a slow-motion domino. We're not going to notice it yet. But they've already tipped the first domino, and the rest of the dominoes are going to fall. And as soon as it gets really moving, it's going to happen in very rapid succession. Very rapid succession. And we're going to have a fight on our hands unlike anything we've ever had before. And so you're going to have to ask yourself, Do I have a country? Do I have a home? Do I have children, and parents, and cousins, and aunts, and nephews, and uncles? Do I have possessions, and am I willing to just leave them on the battlefield for somebody else to pick up? Am I willing to share my child with someone who doesn't want their best interests? let me be clear. The people who want you to share your child, they want to share your child in the same way that you would share your wife. We know this to be true. You follow the devil's plan of imagine that's where we're going we can stop it at any time we can resist at any time starts with penance starts with prayer starts with fasting starts with showing up to the altar of our lord appearing in front of the blessed sacrament and begging him for guidance it starts with the rosary It starts there so that you can find the path forward. It starts there, begging Our Lady of Sorrows to illuminate the path. To make it clear which way is forward. To keep you from stepping wrong. But, ach- but not keeping you from achieving what is supposed to happen. If you haven't consecrated yourself to the Immaculate heart of Mary, you should. If you haven't consecrated yourself to the Sacred heart of our Lord, you should. If you haven't consecrated your household to their hearts, you should. If you haven't consecrated your children to Saint Joseph your household to Saint Joseph, yourself to Saint Joseph, you should. If you haven't begun calling upon the angels, you should. should is the second most expensive word in the English language it is that expensive because so very often what should happen doesn't it comes in only behind if because if when it goes bad it goes bad in a very very horrifying way it costs milli if when if goes bad it costs millions of dollars and people their lives But in this particular case, on the line, it's nothing much. It's only you, your soul, your family, their souls, your children, their souls, your possessions, your lives, your livelihood. Now is the time to start putting together yourself. You can prepare with food and all that other stuff for the coming chastisement. And I recommend that you do. To a degree. But you better remember the parable of the Lord, when he was talking about the rich man who had a grain silo built so that he could store all of his extra wealth. When he said, you fool, tonight your life will be required of you. So what's going to happen with everything else? What's going to happen to all those possessions? exactly what would have happened if you'd have handled them properly. So don't lean too hard on prepping and storing up and and keeping for yourself and your family. Start prepping for the battle to come. Start getting yourself in the mindset that we're going to war. And we are going to war. These people have already declared the war on us. Oh, but it hasn't done this, and no, I still have that. No, I've still got my job and my money and my family, and my house, my blah 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 blah. Okay, cool. You better remember that these people are imagining that you have nothing, no rights, no possessions, no family, no church, no God, and they've been imagining it for fifty years. So, (laughs) as was said, oh man, somewhere so long ago, I don't even remember where it came from. You better act right before you get smacked right. And the smack is coming. And you've never seen suffering like this. Especially if you're an American. If you're an American Catholic, you have never seen suffering like what is to come not ever you had better shod shoe your feet with the with the preparedness that comes with the gospel of peace you had better put on that belt of truth put on that breastplate of justice pick up that shield of faith Draw your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and don that helm of salvation. Because this is war. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patri et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.